Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Classic Quest Podcast where we go through the classic albums and we try to figure out why they're classics. That's what we do here. My name is AJSR. I am your lady friend Bonnie. I am Mike Sincerus. That's cool. He's, he's new in case you didn't notice. We'll talk after. Um, today we will be going through, in my opinion, an undeniable classic. Whoops, did I say that too soon? Outcasts. Atlians, and we're going to be going through the album track by track and giving our thoughts and impressions on each and every song because that's what we do here for yep. those of you who are new. And if any of you do want to skip the little intro bit because I know not everybody likes it, you can check the description of the video where you will see a breakdown of when we talk about each and every song. On that note, it's always important to start this off by acknowledging to everybody on the internet that we are not experts. We are just regular folk who started doing this. We listen to the albums, we give honest impressions, and that's kind of what it is. And there's a good chance that you person watching this video, especially if you're new here, you know more than us about Outkast, and you have listened to this album probably a lot more than we have. So it's just worth noting that we value your opinion and we want to hear what you have to say because I guarantee you that as you go through this review, you might have a, I gotta correct these people moment and I encourage <laughs> that shit. I, I love it. Every comment that you put, we are small enough that I pinky swear promise I'll answer it and we'll have a little conversation down there for as long as you wanna reply, I'll come back and reply again. Um, on that note, to prove the point, we do like reading our favorite comment on last week's video. We do this on all the last week's videos. And last week, we spoke about the Bratz Functified. And on that, we got a comment from Miles B. And he said the tr title track is smooth as hell. It was. Mm -hmm. But the rest is pretty trash. That's, <laughs> I'm not going to say yes or no, but I get his point. Yep. Um, too many similarities to Snoop. So I do believe it was our first time with the uh, studio rapper review that we did. And that was worth uh, checking out if you want to see that. It's definitely not an album I would recommend personally. But uh, you're not really here yeah. to hear about that. So before we jump into it, I want to give a quick shout out to the patrons. Linda Williams, Super Old School 1994, Chris Brado, Carl J, and Ismail Gadamsey. Fuck, I hope. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Sorry, Ismail. Um, anyway, so now we're going to start the show. Woo, Bonnie, who are we reviewing today? Well, like he already said, like the description of this video says. It's good for the SEO. <laughs> it's good for the SEO. We are doing Atlians by uh, Outcast, And this came out uh, August 27th, 1996. So, yeah. Here we go. All right. So this is the part of the show where we start off contextualizing how familiar familiar we are with both the act and the album. Because, again, like I was touching on a bit earlier, if you've been listening to this for a long time or if you're brand new to this experience, if you're a huge Outcast fan or you're a baby Outcast fan, all of this will impact your listening experience. So I think it's cool for us to just share it all. And since Mike's new... Why don't you tell us how familiar you are with Outkast, this album, and just a little introduction to everybody. All right, well, Outkast actually got familiar with back in uh, the late 90s because of, they did that song, Rosa Parks, and I don't know if you're familiar, if you remember this well, Holden, but uh, I used to break dance, and in my breakdance class, there was one set that actually was using the song Rosa Parks by Outkast. It's so, a beautiful song. Cool. Yeah, ever since then, I actually started listening to them more, and then Stankonia came out, and I started like just listening to them all around, and I've been a fan ever since, and this album altogether, I think, as a guy who's an old-school fan like myself, 
I feel like this is their best album ever. That's saying a lot from a band as legendary as Outkast. That, that's cool. I can't even wait to get into this further. But Mike, who are you? What else do you do in your life? Well, I actually just work in shares, but I also have a, a page on Facebook called STS where I just shoot the shit with people. And uh, it's about different things, wrestling, music, movies, and MMA. So you can check that out. Link in description. Um, so Bonnie... What about you? What are your feelings on Outcast in general? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I suppose I have limited uh, views on Outcast. I mean, what I, I mean, I like their their hits, you know, per se, like their you know hits from like the two thousands, um, you know, like Roses and uh, Hey Ya and like you know those ones, uh, you know, like the radio hits. Like that's I mean that's how I'm familiar with them. Um, but I mean, we also did Southern play a music Cadillac. Southern play a playalistic <laughs> Cadillac music. Yeah, that one. <laughs> we also did. Uh, we already reviewed that one. So I mean, great I, album. Yeah, which was a it was a pretty good album. And so like, I I feel like I want to love Andre three thousand, and I want to like be. I want to like love Outcast. So I'm. I went into this like really being like, yeah, I'm gonna love this album. Just pay attention to that telling language yeah. want to i had a very different experience from her um <laughs> i bought their greatest hits album where they're dressed in purple and shit and that was my first outcast album and i listened to hell out of that shit because it's a really good album um it's basically a little bit outcast from all their albums and it's pretty cool um and then i know all the singles that just generally came out. Mm -hmm. I listened to Speaker Box, but not The Love Below, because at the time, I want no singing. I want all that rap shit, so give me the big boy. But on the real, like, I never really paid attention to rap properly before reviewing albums, so that was just all, like, the sound of it. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 for a while, I could do a mean Miss Jackson when I, when I had to spit, you know? Bombs over Baghdad is always fun. I mean, yeah. who doesn't want to bang around to that shit? So, like... Considering, like, some of the more high-energy, polished shit that came, like, in the 2000s, I don't know. Hearing a Southern playalistic Cadillac music was a fucking mind trip, right? Because it's something completely different. And we'll be doing Goody Mob Soul Food in a couple of weeks. So, like, I, I don't know. It's just cool to, like, when, when like, just... I guess what I find just exciting in general is how, like, you, you, you take a subject like Outcast and you think, all right, we're going to review an album. Turns out to be, like, a Rosetta Stone of, like, 15 other things that just are hidden away. Like, everybody in Goody Mob, all the rest of the Dungeon family, just the story, the culture, the – or, like, the – you know, just the whole Source Awards things where Andre comes out right before this album, I believe, or right around this album dropping and does the, you know, uh, South uh, has something to say speech. So this mm -hmm. is like the context going around back then. And it's just so interesting to me. But again, I've, I've never heard Atlians. And as far as the singles go, I'd heard Elevators before this. But like, this is the album I would say I am absolutely the least familiar with. Yeah, me too. Coming I, into I don't it. know any of this. I did. But um, as far as like the title goes... I just like want to pivot to that. So we, we let, you know, like the, the title and the cover are an interesting part of the album, right? Because in this case, I definitely think the title is trying to communicate something. You got the capital ATL. We're proud of this. This is where we're at, you know? Mm -hmm. And then aliens. We are <clears throat> like this foreign force. And if you think about it from the social political side of what's going on in hip hop at the time, it's a really powerful like political message like we're the strange aliens from the south here to take our fucking rightful place in hip-hop we're the atlians we are invading you know and then you look at that cover and it's like this 
comic book superheroes from the south battling all these fucking villains and shit and it's mm-hmm. just like as far as it's dark but it's like spacey kind of well, it's like cool for the time being as well because that is also the comic book era time as mm. well yeah but yeah. like as far as a lot of just title album cover combinations go this might be one of the most interesting makes you want to listen to it once like it's right up there with the dmx blood red fucking cover in terms of <laughs> effectiveness like yeah, you know, I, guess so. I, I gotta hear that album and, and see what the fuck it is this might be one of my i can't say it's my most favorite in an aesthetically pleasing kind of way because it's not my favorite cover like that but like, it is it one of those covers. It a little bit more like childish, like it's appealing to kids almost. But it really makes me want to listen to the album, and mm-hmm. I think that's the job of a cover. Yeah, something that's gonna grab you, like if you, because back then you were walking into a store and buying a CD. So yeah. if mm. you're seeing that, it is something that would actually make you grab it and say, "Let me see what this thing, what this album is." Yeah. Well yeah. said. Um, what do you feel about the title, though, in general? Well, it's something that is appealing. Like I said, it's something that would actually get you interested into actually wondering, like, what is this? Like, okay, ATL standing out there is giving the Atlanta vibe, but Atlians is actually a message as well. So mm-hmm. it's something that would actually appeal to you just by looking at it. Like, what is this? It's actually something that would just grab your curiosity. That's cool. Do you have anything more to add on the cover and the title? No, just, no, not really. Oh, well, I just wanted to say that I just like the animation and I find it was very nice and for the era. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Bonnie. No, but, no, no yeah. worries. <laughs> Just want to give my final thoughts on that. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's the whole point of this. But on that note, Mike, you may die in an intro. This is quite the introduction. I'll be polite and I'll let Mike start with his thoughts because he's the guest here now. <laughs> yeah, well, my thoughts on that was just pretty much just giving you a way into the album, just giving you a feel of this is the pace of the album right now. This is going to be something, just pay attention to it. This is what we have. This is what we're going to do. Even though it's not even them, it's more of like a choir type thing, but it's giving you a feel of the vibe, what you have to look forward to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about you? <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely like kind of, it has that vibe and it, it is it does kind of like give you that introduction, like feeling to what the whole album's going to feel like. Um, and I think it does kind of, it, it gives you like the fact that he's you know you may die like it's a real thing it's a real reality for them I think as well um, so it starts with like this like Catholic Portuguese prayer which although it definitely sounds very lovely it just seems really like out of place a little bit like especially like you know if you're basing it off of the cover and you're just putting this on to start with and you didn't really know anything about it it definitely and like you know it's supposed to be aliens and you're like well what is this then um, so it definitely felt a little bit weird um and like there's definitely like the somberness like in this song um again is not what i would expect from like going into it necessarily um and then it ends with like this like the summer in the city and like this does not make me think of the summer or the city um (laughs) so it definitely it wasn't my favorite intro but it was well done and i like the girls who who, i like the girl who sang on it um it was very like you have to be in like a blue mood to kind of like listen to this and i personally would probably skip over it every time so i gave this a 3.5 on five so yeah not not my favorite so i held my tongue internet and i hope you held your fingers (laughs) i'm I'm gonna have a really like you're not gonna like my opinion on this album i'm just letting you know now i'm holding you down comments people (laughs) first of all 
Let's discuss my new favorite part on the intro. What's the point of an album intro? If you're going to put an intro, why are we doing it? Mike actually touched on this. Sets up the album, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. And in my opinion, to elaborate on that, it's to you're doing your life, you hit play, and it's supposed to, in that minute or two, suck you into the universe of this album. On that note, it's this hauntingly beautiful shit. Right? It's got that hauntingly beautiful sound to it where it's it's really pretty. In the way that like the revival interlude on revival sounds hauntingly pretty in the middle of that project. It's just got that vibe and I really appreciate it. But I think when you look at the translation of the Portuguese, it goes, nothing new comes from the sun. All that is new comes from our Lord. Life is a continuation. It is our Lord who gives life. Amen. Which is really kind of an interesting way to start it off, to, to code a message in another language, a common Portuguese prayer or whatever, is smart. It, it's their aliens. They're not even – the first thing you hear isn't even like the same language. They're just that fucking weird as you put it out there. And I think maybe what you took as weird in a bad way, I took as like that made me think. It made me want to know what the point of this was. But then you're right. It's not summer in the city. Because the whole verse is kind of saying that too. Like that is the till it's summer in the city. So mm -hmm. it's kind of waiting for that moment. This is the period before the good. This is kind of like whatever. So you can be sure some galota get high. You may hurt till you cry. You may die. Keep on trying till it's summer in the city. Now imagine you're an outcast and you're killing it musically and the whole world hates you and the South is being taken for nothing. And whether it's literally in the streets and shit and that like environment or whether it's like the music community not taking your city, keep on pushing. And even if you have to die to get there, keep on doing it until it's summer in the city. It's what I took from it. It's yeah. almost like a mission statement, recognizing the morose low that they maybe feel at this point in their life. Or at least that's the tone I get from this vibe. It's it's sad, but this melancholy happiness mixed this hope. It's not empty. It's just it's really fucking it feels like it's a bad day that will get better. And it to me it's just really deep and really cool. And when you really think about it after hearing the album a few times, it's a great introduction. It does exactly what it's supposed to do for this project, in my opinion. And I I like the fact that it isn't them. That's cool in a sense because yeah. it is this like beautifully thing before we get introduced. It's like the little opening credits like back in the day when you would watch a movie and there's a little bit of an opening credit sequence, you know, before it got really capitalized. Anyway, um, I love this shit. This is one of the best introductions I've ever heard in my entire life. It is a five on five. As far as intros go, blows my fucking mind. Uh, what did you give it on five? I give it on five. I'd say actually four on five because, like I said, it just sets up the pace for the album. So that's why I say four point five. As at the same time, I understand what Bonnie means, like how it's pretty much tiring sometimes. How you could find it, like just skip it to get through to it. I understand how some people might if they just want to get into the music. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you're just someone who actually just wants to be a person who just is ready to put on an album from start to finish. I feel it's something that you could definitely enjoy. Uh, it's, like, it's like you can't hear the album without the intro to me, but you can maybe listen to songs without the intro. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah. all I'm trying to say, Bonnie, is you are not two dope boys in a Cadillac. That's true. I'm going to say something right now. If you was using headphones that cost less than $100, don't even listen to it. It's not worth your time. You're not going to feel it. I'm not lying. I'm, li I'm exaggerating. <laughs> but like for real... 
you either need that bass in your car, that bass in the club, or that proper distribution of sound in a good non-Dr. Dre's Beats pair of headphones. <laughs> and like, yo, it's, it's enveloping. Just the sound. I feel like, you know, I don't care if you don't like it. It's enveloping. <laughs> it's, I don't know, man. It, I got really excited right off the jump. You get that little aliens introducing things. And then, big boy, just fucking spitting. And there is something to the way that big boy spits that spastic almost like he's talking to you but like with this crazy add flow and not many people can make it sound like that because it's it's not a regular choppy flow it's this weird big boy flow that i i can never get enough of and i can't say that like he's breaking the like over overly insightful here in terms of deep dense lyricism but what he is is introducing the idea that he is unapologetically fucking south and he's not vapid so you get that like on the one hand coming up from the south the atlians ain't changed cooler than most players claim to be uh that's from the a-town you know whatever but then later on speaking of poet uh speaking of pulling your girl at uh jerry curls you bitches every time i rhyme for y'all i'm looking to prove a point kicking a freestyle every now and then but mostly after joint and you get the sense that it's not just vapid rhyming. They want to make it sure that they are from the South and they have something to say. And that's in the very first fucking verse of the album that comes in proper. And that just goes from there. You got that fucking, uh, it's amazing in terms of it. I have to disagree with Big Boy though. He's, uh, hoes and chokers is a great thing. Uh, chokers should always be part of female accessories in my opinion. And I like it a lot. So I know you're tired of them in chokers. I disagree with you, big boy, on that point. Um, the hook is just its just dope, in my opinion. Like, it comes in. I mean, who isn't going? It's just two dope boys in a Cadillac. And you're just bouncing. How do you not bounce when you're, like, even in that moment? I mean, Andre's verse, she's just fucking proper. And here's the thing about Andre's verse, and I relate a lot to this because you don't hear it very often. I write rhymes. But I didn't come up battling. I came up writing rhymes in my room by myself, not showing it to people, perfecting my craft. That's what Andre's talking about here. That's the whole point of this verse is like, yo, you're calling me out. You suck at MC with your little friends hyping you up. I don't have time for that uh, fuck shit. So uh, fuck this. And I'm like, damn, did he really say that? He did because he is into excellence and he's pushing it. I don't know. It just flows on through and they do their next verses. And I, they just managed to present like this whole culture this whole like we're a real thing we're not sellouts and i like the fact that andre even goes on in the fourth verse to start pointing out we're not even that fucking rich you know can't put you on my payroll and i ain't got no rolex or no diamond at the exit with a sign saying we'll rap for food you know like so much in terms of content is like packed into this introduction so if you were wondering who the fuck they are well, they're two dope boys in a Cadillac, and here's why. <laughs> and that's the thing that's amazing about this song is that the here's why is like these guys are just dropping like the kinds of flows and shit that let's be real, people like Tech Nine inevitably got famous off of. Let's let's be real. And this is way earlier. I'm not saying that Tech Nine didn't do some different shit and got choppier with it, but like if it wasn't for people like this, there wouldn't be people like that, in my opinion, especially with the experimentation. But what they're having to say here is profound. It's like really speaking almost for an entire culture of hip hop that wasn't getting the love, in my opinion. I mean, Scarface comes from them. K. Reno comes from them. It's the South. That's how I'm looking at it. Maybe not Atlanta, but the South, mm -hmm. you know? 
in general, I was blown away by this song. Now, do I think I would listen to this every single day of my life? No, because it is a bit of a morose, heavy album. But it is one of those albums for pensive thinking, for getting lost in some shit, for having you take on a different perspective and just vibe, man. I could just, you just literally, I can't not bounce when I'm hearing it, you know? Like, I can't not do it. Even in my head, it's playing, and I'm like, I just feel it in my soul right now. This is a five on five to me. Andre 3000 is an incredible rapper with the melodies. So you got the lovey poet shit. You got one half of the equation. Big Boy is gangsta as fuck. He gives that side of it, hard hitting. But they both keep it real and they're both spitting the same pure message from different perspective. Like literally Outcast is the group for everybody. Anyway, that's what I had to say about that. What do you guys feel? All right, well, I feel it definitely, like I said, old school, old school sound. It's definitely a sound for the time, for the time that it came out in 96. That was the vibe. That was how everybody was listening to music. But it was pretty much, it represents the group's name and the name of the song. It was two dope boys in a Cadillac, <laughs> and they were outcasts to society. They were the ones pretty much saying, we don't care how we look. We don't give a fuck how we're presented. We're the outcasts, and we are just in a Cadillac chilling. Like, that's how it was pretty much. And I just feel the old school beat, everything to it, just sets a good pace for the time. And for a guy like myself who appreciates old school, that's definitely a song that I could just feel myself bumping to if I wanted to have, like, an old school day where I'm just, like, setting up a playlist of songs that we're listening to that are from the early to late 90s. That's definitely one that I put down. Overall, I have to give the song a 4.5, uh, actually 4 on 5 overall. That's because, fair. like I said, like it's a song I can listen to a lot, not every day. But if I'm listening to this album, it's definitely one that I would not want to skip over because it sets the pace. It, it reminds you that this is still old school no matter what you might have the impression of. And I actually want to touch on the intro to it. Intro to it definitely sets up the pace for the album with the alien sound. So definitely I have to touch on that. That added definitely some extra feeling to let you know what you have in store for the song and album but the feel the lines everything i just feel is a good feel for it it's a good song it's a good song to bump into and the only thing i feel that's missing to it is if you're just you see to see two guys literally bumping in a cadillac in the words <laughs> of hydraulics that's the only thing that's missing Fair <laughs> enough. That, the song is great and I enjoyed it. How do you feel, Bonnie? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I like the the greetings, Earthlings at the beginning. Like that feels a lot more fitting um, for like the album, like with like the album cover. So I was like, okay, here we go. Like the, now it's starting. Um, so it definitely has like a smooth beat. Um, the rap is all smooth. Um, they're clearly like they're stating they're from like Atlanta and like you know, and they talk about like being like specifically from like. The hoods or whatever um and the, that they've kind of made it but they haven't they're they're successful and like you, you may know their name and everything like that and you know you may know their music but um you know they they still have made some like silly mistakes and maybe you know they've they've done some stupid things with their money so they don't also like have a lot of money right away maybe they just bought catalogs i don't know what they spent no, no 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 i want to just interject and i believe you guys can correct us that it has a lot more to do with how the label pimps artists and exploits them in that era of music so they're signed oh. and while millions of dollars are made is outcast making millions of dollars hmm. you know what i mean the record label is yeah i mean i recently uh, learned a breakdown of costs and shit man artists don't make a lot off like they make money but like 
if you just consider what they have to front and cost to produce the album, to go on tour, to create all of their shit, yeah. it's not like they're rich. They're only, as Andre will say later on, rich if people are dancing. <laughs> true, very true. Um, so yeah, I mean, but okay, they're doing okay. Um, but they, they, they've come up from nothing, and so, you know, they're doing better than where they were, I guess. Um, but they're, they're still, like, there. They're still living in Atlanta, I think, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, anyways, I liked it. It's good. Um, it was enjoyable. It was fun to listen to. Um, it wasn't my favorite on the album, but uh, I didn't hate it. It was fun. You know, I'm, you know, I'm wanting to like this. So this is a, a 4.33 I'm giving it. That's fair. And I want to make it clear, I, I'm very aware that to everyone on the Internet, my grading system sucks and I grade everything too high. It's my grading system, <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to stick to and it. And I'm too, like... Uh, it's fine. I agree too low. It, it's very fair. Picky as well as I'm an old school fan, but yeah, yeah. overall you'll see Listen, throughout the video. I look at it like there's not going to be a time in my life where this song starts playing and I go, this is a bad song. Like it's <laughs> never going to happen. No, 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 no. Nobody's saying it's a bad song. I'm saying it's damn near perfect. Okay. You know what? Maybe I am the ATLian of this room. Maybe you are. I'd like to start this one off by quoting the great big boy who left us some actual commentary on the beautiful platform known as Genius.com. So when you click on the lyric annotation and when I'm on the microphone, you best to wear your sweater because I'm cooler than a polar bear's toenails. Great Mr. Big Boy has to say, polar bears clearly have claws, but you know... I added that last part as I interpreted it, but it just feels like it flowed well. And I thought that was an amazing annotation. Like it's such a weird thing to say. Like it's it's just <laughs> the line is great. You don't need to tell anybody what it is. We get it. He's like, I get it. You know what it is though. Like if you do say something wrong, I bet for like a decade he got interview questions asking him if he knew about the anatomy of a polar bear's paw. Is <laughs> just something. So I thought that was hilarious, and I wanted to share that with y'all before we started mm-hmm. talking. Animal facts. <laughs> but Bunny, why don't you start us off this time? Um, so we have the, um, the alien sounds at the beginning. So I appreciate like the, the continuing of like the theme overall. Um, it's a great beat. I, I really liked um, Big Boy. I really liked his flow. It was really cool. And I like the way that he writes. Um, and there was a couple of lines that I thought were kind of funny. So go get your fucking shine box and your sack of nickels. It tickles to see you try to be like Mr. Pickles, which I thought was very funny. And it was like good rhyming. And it's, yeah, it just seemed like entertaining. Um, and like the hook is like super fun and catchy while also like being like super southern. Um, now throw your hands in, the, I'll just go through it. Uh, now throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And if you like fish and grits and all that pimp, pimp shit, everybody let me hear, everybody let me hear you say, oh yeah, you're. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go through it again. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun hook. I liked it. Um, and Andre feels kind of like, um, you know, they're like the odd people out that they are weird and everybody looks at them like they're the aliens, um, in like the rap game. Um, and Andre says no to drugs and alcohol because he's trying to like focus on his work and like stay on like, like a clean path and do the right thing. Big boy, on the other hand, talks a lot about weed. So I don't really think Just he's on the Just a fun anecdote. It was, uh, I read up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so between, uh, Southern playlistic Cadillac music and, uh, Atlians, mm-hmm. uh, Andre had this moment where he looked at himself in the mirror and saw himself deteriorating and some crap like that. I don't say crap, it's disrespectful. Some 
some stuff like that mm -hmm. and proceeded to give it all up and go cleaner. And maybe he has gone back to it since. I'm not certain, but well, at this point. I think that's good. I mean, if it's if it's not working for you and it's not like you're seeing it like it, it doing like a bad thing for you. So I guess it's, you know, it, that was a, a good moment for him. Yeah, anyway, just that little anecdote. Cool. Um, yeah, so Big Boy obviously smokes a lot. Um, and yeah, I think that this is probably like the biggest hit on the album. Um, and uh, the music video was not so good. Um, I feel like it could have been good, but it just, it didn't, it didn't work. And when I watched it, I just was like, nope, no, this is terrible. Uh, <laughs> it's a fun song, uh, although I can probably only just like sing along to the chorus. I can't really sing along with like all of the verses, but um, I would give this a 4.6. It's pretty good. How do you feel, Mike? I feel the song's definitely a headbanger. I feel like naming it after the album is definitely perfect since I feel this is the best song on the album. Mm -hmm. I feel it's just like a good song that I could jam to all the time. It's definitely one I would make sure is on the playlist if I'm listening to this album. Something I want to hear to get into it. Something definitely I want to feel, I want to listen to to feel good. Everything I liked about it, the lyrics, the tone, the feel, everything about it I enjoyed. I mean... Just thing, just a track to bump to, and the alien intro as well just makes you reminds you what we're doing. But I just like pretty much. I feel naming it the song after the album in regards to the name of it is showing you, yeah, we are the outcasts, we are the aliens, but we're here to stay, and we have something to prove. And you're gonna listen to it right now. And for anyone out there that thought that outcasts were too commercial or too popish, listen to this song, and you're definitely gonna have a different feel about that. Because this is going to remind you that how these guys started off, how these guys really are. Yeah, they have a song that's popular, but they're still real. They still have something to prove. And listen to their old school stuff, and you're definitely going to have a different appeal to Outcast. That's a very fair point. Um, so this song to me is an interesting in terms of this album placement. So the intro is shit's fucked up, it's bleak, but it'll get better. Second song is We Two Dope Boys in a Cadillac. We, the, who they are now this third song is a little bit maybe more how they feel why they're aliens and if you really like look at it from that perspective it's, it's to me fucking just it's brilliant see a big boy just he's flossing man tell me that first verse is just not proper fucking flossing because yeah i read the line but his flow on it it is elegant it is quick it's rapid like i said his flow is one of the coolest in hip-hop in my opinions in terms of what he can do which is rhythm and he's almost like he's almost like a, 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 a bassier kind of rhythmic feel in the vocal side, whereas Andre compliments him on like a different, more melodic feel. I like it a lot, that that juxtaposition and shit. Anyway, so he's just proper in that first verse that obviously does the chorus is is a southern banger that I don't empathize with as a northern city boy, but <laughs> I get it. It does make me empathize and want to go to the South. And I would love to hear what your favorite Southern dish is should I go down there because the food Stop, is Stop. Don't even do it. It's just going to make me want it. Well, and we can't. Oh. I've actually been to Atlanta. And I should <laughs> tell you, I was actually in Georgia for uh, Savannah, Georgia. And if you go to any soul food place, you'll definitely be able to have something like with some grits, oh. cornbread, black Yum. eyed peas. I have been looking stuff. for a cornbread mix everywhere. I can't find any. <laughs> yeah, well, in Georgia, you'll definitely have the best soul food ever. Oh, yum. But yeah, um, then in uh, the second verse, Andre comes in from a different town, and I like how he starts this verse. Now, my oral illustration be like clitoral simu uh, stimulation to the female gender, and nothing better. Let me know when it's wet enough to enter. So evidently, his rhymes work really fucking well on the women. 
and that is a, a large group of ladies who want to fuck him. And his, his words alone and his poetry makes that happen. And then if not, I'll wait because the future of the world depends on if or if not the child we raise going to have that syndrome. And, you know, it's like, damn. You know, so he wants to think about having a kid because of the implications of what could happen with that, you know. I don't want to go too much into it, but I just thought it was something like, when was the last time you heard a rapper even ask a question like, what would happen if I had the kid? I mean, really, like, yes, there are rappers who do shit like that, but to really just speculate it like that, you know? Or will it know to beat the odds regardless of the skin tone? Or will it feel that if we fine-tune it, it might just get picked on? Or will it feel it give a fuck about what others say and get gone? And then you realize it's almost like he's questioning what life with millennials is going to be like. <laughs> I'm like, damn, Andre, that's some prophetic motherfucking shit right there. Futuristic before it's time. Yep. They alienate us because we different keep your hands up to the sky and that that's amazing to me you know and it goes on from there and it's dope uh and then big boy mentions that andre's in school and apparently and again this is an amazing thing to be able to say after the success of the first album andre decided to get his ged and go back to school and oh, get that wow, taken care of so literally big boy wrote this verse i could just picture him smoking a blunt in the dungeon um right doing in his verse. algebra no he's waiting wow. for andre while andre's in class so he's Aww. just sitting there going, damn, Andre, come on home, buddy. Every day while I sit, I might be in the school thinking about the second album, the, the dungeon uh, shooting pool. You know, like, anyway, I thought it was really cool. Uh, and the Andre comes back is he just does this, like, like this, the emotional depth Andre brings on this project is, like, I feel like I'm right there with him. You know, like, put my Glock away. I got a stronger weapon that never runs out of ammunition. So I'm ready for the war, okay? And you realize that, like, he's on the spiritual journey where these guys recognize the power of the message in their music. And they're making sure you know it, too. Mm -hmm. And if you consider the social politics at the time, I just think it's incredible what they're doing with it. I do like this one sonically less than the last one. So I gave it a 4.5 on 5. But, like, we're talking about, like, excellent to just a little bit below excellent in my subjective opinion i don't know if you gave it a grade no, i'm about to i give it 4.5 on 5 i just feel it was the best song on the album that's why i feel it was perfect that they named it after the album because i just feel it nailed everything it had to from my point of view that's Good. fair Good. um on that note we'll be skirt skirt on the wheels of steels <laughs> gosh the scratching in this beat this beat is just like it's beautiful to me it is like one of the nicest beats on the entire album and that chorus is just powerful touched by the wheels of steel scratchy 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 stuff <laughs> now show me how you feel and just leaves it hanging there and you just get the sense of like like that hook is well done it's it's very sparse but it's open and it, it makes you think right because a lot of the times people don't like from a, a songwriting perspective while on the one hand a hook job is in one category to get you to be all like catchy and singing along and shit. The real point of a hook is to break up the verses because the verses is supposed to be super dense, packing in a bunch of knowledge. And then your hook is supposed to be a simplified glue that puts it together. So having an open hook is completely acceptable like that. And I, I don't think a lot of people appreciate the value of it as much as it can be. I thought that was just stupidly fucking cool. Overall, what did you think of this song, Bonnie? 
Well, um, I, I definitely liked the intro. I liked the beat. I thought it was very cool, the whole thing. Um, I liked Big Boy's like intro uh, at the very beginning. Um, and it goes, uh, as I sit in my B-boy stance with flip-flops and socks and sweatpants, I finish, I finna enhance your brain. Check it out. I appreciate that. I like the outfit. Um, you know, he's sitting there with flip-flops and socks. That's something that I would definitely pull. Um, yep. I think that was cool. Um, so I think that he talks about, like, um, him kind of getting into, like, some trouble in the hood. And then, like, he quickly learned, like, where to stay away from and who to stay away from. Um... And the Wheel of Steel um, refers to the turntable, which I definitely did not think of, like, right away. I just assumed, like, boys and Cadillacs. I just assume it's a car thing, um, but apparently not. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, and, I, like, it, it gets, like, their feelings across kind of, like, in in the music. It's really interesting kind of how, how that kind of, like, how it feels, I guess, is how it's, and I think that's kind of what they're trying to do here. Um, and yeah, it's a cool song. It's fun. Um, it's still like a little bit somber to listen to. And then there was like a lot of squeaking at the end, um, which wasn't necessarily super fun to listen to, like when you have like the volume up on your headphones. Um, but it was interesting mixing on the, on the, like the whole song. I really liked it. So, um, I gave it a 4.4. I thought it was really good. Yeah, well, I actually feel the song is more like a stolen type song where pretty much a lot of people could just be like pretty much probably how Big Boy was when he was writing this track, probably just smoking a blunt and being like, I just want to vibe to something right now. Mm. And I just feel that's how the song was to him probably. And that's why I feel a lot of people probably listen to it, probably just smoking a blunt in the car at the time. I feel this was a perfect song to do that to. But I feel all around it's just a good song, but I don't feel like it's something you want to listen to if you're trying to like, I don't know if you're doing if you're working out or something like that. Or it's like it's not yeah, it's definitely song. not a working yeah. out song. <laughs> it's a song you just want to just vibe to and sit back to and listen to if you're pretty much like chilling out. But also it's kind of like that popular thing for the time as well. If you release this song at that point at a club or something like that, people would be jamming to it. I don't think they would have been jamming to it all over. I think like at this point in New York, when the uh, West Coast was in charge and stuff like like I don't I might be wrong, but I really don't think stuff like this was popping everywhere and that's kind of almost to the point of no, what we made it Atlanta. i'm saying the right, people right, right, Atlanta right. would be pumping okay this at night. that's what i mean like mm. if you'd be at like one of those um one of those uh, roller skating places like <laughs> the song would definitely be like that type of song okay or bowling alley yeah. exactly like that type of feel like friday night just out there doing something to do mm. something like, rec- like recreational for a kid yeah. Someone in the late teens type thing. This is a perfect song for that type of atmosphere. Yeah, true. I mean, I don't agree lyrically. <laughs> four point five. Uh, I have to give it four on five. Okay, four is fine. Um, I don't. I don't know how we all got to such different places on this. That beat is excellent. Mm-hmm. It's a it, no. We got to the same place. It is a vibe beat, but it's also a vibe album. Like not every album's high energy. Not every album's happy. Not every album's meant to make you dance. This is a sad album. In my opinion. Yes. Look at that first verse. They both kind of get fucked over, right? And they're not happy. The situation, the people they're trusting, whether it's a big boy learning his lesson, never talk to strangers in a trap and answer questions. That's fair, but that's a harsh thing. He's telling you, like, I was, people stole my shit. It was bad. Um, I like that Pope line because it kind of sounds like Popo. It almost sounds like the police is being brought up there. Pope and his folks got us under the scope, but for unknown reasons, we don't sell dope. 
that you distribute. We don't d- contribute to your clandestine activity. So, I mean, just because they're successful, in a sense, they have some money, they got a Cadillac, they hang out in a basement, the natural Cops assumption is, oh, they must sell drugs. I mean, no, they're, they're making albums, which they call drugs, because it has the same effect. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting to me. Or that second verse, big boy, you got to put on the rubber, bro. I know it's not the same. But you got to put on the rubber, bro. I mean, it's a little cautionary. He doesn't want AIDS. But I like the, the way he puts that first verse, though. It took your mama nine months to make it. As in this lady that he's about to fuck, it took nine months to put that person into life. And it only took him 30 minutes a game to get up in that and take that virginity. That's what Big Boy's about. I don't know if he's about that. But that's what it, it kind of is. And if you really look at it from that perspective... That is an interesting thing. Something so precious, let's say, as a virginity, it took so long to cultivate it in big boys, in and out in 30 minutes kind of thing. That's bold. I guess, eh? But at the same time, if we on other songs, I believe they expand on that topic to let you know what their real feelings are. So it is an interesting line. And then um, let's, let's talk about how Andre goes drop like tears, like for fears, like, you know, shout, shout <laughs> let it all out you know it just the fact that he he really just drops a tears for fears line in mm-hmm. the middle of it who the fuck does that <laughs> who the fuck likes tears for i mean you guys might like tears for fears who the fuck still likes tears for fears were they relevant oh, at was, that point was, what 95 were they still relevant at that point I mean, everybody wants to rule the world and shit's an 80s jam yeah um anyway and then you get that little b-boy break shit in the the end now, if we think about this from a hip-hop point of view, it's incorporating that element of the culture into their music in a very obvious and cool way. I thought that was super cool. It's like Andre's bridge is like, all right, B-Boys, hit the stage and go, is what I really feel when I hear that, you know? And I really appreciated that overall. I think this song was morose and, and dark, but still like a really cool song. Like, it's really intelligent. It's really well done. And it's really almost vague in the way it's put out. Like, it's just, like, thoughts that are inspired by this particular Wheel of Steel. I like this a lot. I give it a 4.75 on 5. Like, this this is a really cool song. And, again, I hope Big Boy uses rubbers with his promiscuity. (laughs) Um, Especially with all the jazzy bells out there. True. I have a question. You ever heard... A song about fucking hoes that you just maybe don't respect, but at the end of the day, you're kind of going, Outcast has a point, as opposed to the normal where it feels kind of weird. Like, normally, when guys talk about fucking hoes and disrespecting them and shit, it's from like this flossy, I'm trying to be cooler than you point of view. Mm-hmm. This sounds like these are guys who actually want to find a valuable woman and cannot, <laughs> but since the hoe is there, I may as well stick my dick in it because it's better than loneliness. Yeah. And the whole song is like a cautionary, what's going to happen if women are growing up like this today and now for the family units and just different things like that? How are people going to find love? How are there going to be relationships? 20 years later, I'm not saying we're terrible at this as a generation, but we're pretty fucking <laughs> god awful at it. So... Just at a premise, at a superficial level, it can come off kind of a certain way if you're ignorant about it. 
but like Jezebel is the temptress of the fucking revelations and shit, if I'm not mistaken. So it's obviously a biblical reference with the Jazzy Bell, Jezebel, you know, yeah. like it's a really cool thing. So it's really interesting to me how just both of them are able to put it out. Like Andre is like, I want a real person. And then Big Boy is more like, how am I supposed to respect you if, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just... I just thought it was really, really cool. I mean, obviously, the rhyming is absolutely ridiculous on this. I mean, I like how Big Boy's like, see, what if you was a player, real player, but no flaw, having the best uh, life, lobster steak, comparing now, smoking an ounce of weed, and every single day was like a personal freak, Nick, tricking these hoes in polo clothes like life as you conceived it, but your conception, deception, looking into the eyes, I see your weapon, and it's depressing. They're digging up in your thighs, leaving deposits, keeping your closets open, etc. So it's like, yeah, he's got this dope-ass life, but people see that life and it almost kind of turns into a certain dynamic with the relationship. And, you know, anyway, it just kind of flows in and he just, he's like, well, that's how it's going to be. And then Andre kind of takes it maybe a little bit more from a romantic point of view. But what I really liked was over the years, I've been up on my toes and yes, I've seen them things like Kilroy. I was like, did he really do a Kilroy reference? Kilroy is a little graffiti shit that showed up all over in, like, the, I think it's the Second World War. So, in a sense, it's a really smart fucking bar that requires a knowledge of history to fucking appreciate. I mean, chill, boy, because the folks might think you soft. Talking like that, man, fuck them. I'm going off. I'm coming right back like boomerangs when you throw them with these old ghetto poems. Thinking it's better for them when they can't let the thumb down from hitchhiking. Anyway, it's just this beautiful, like, I feel like it's just poetry in motion. Like, they they write poetry at a level where it, it really feels like this shit should just be analyzed in classes. And, um... I don't know. I think that the tone of the song is really interesting. Their point of what they're trying to say is is actually really, really cool to me because it isn't from a place of like misogynism. It's from a place of like we are observing this as the good sociological people that we are in the world. It just so happens that we get all these women. This is just part of our experiences, but lucky them. Um, you know, and uh, but they can go to hell and lay with Lucifer because they're burning anyway. Big boy user and abuser. I'm like, you know, I get it. If that girl's gonna be like that in your presence, because like I mean, a lot of people don't maybe realize that. I'm certain if you're a dude with a hell of a lot of money, two thirds of the chicks talking to you is after you for certain reasons and offering you a lot of things for certain reasons, yeah. as opposed to like. I know the more regular of us who aren't wealthy and able to pull off that lifestyle. Anyway, conceptually, the song blew my fucking mind. Um, The bars are great. The flow is great. I mean, consistency. They're they're never going to not be great with these two. 4.5 on 5. Brilliant fucking song. Yeah, well, I feel this song was pretty much a continuation from the last song in regards to the whole rubber thing as you were going on. Ah, yeah. Definitely, I feel like that. But at the same time, I feel it's guys who are saying, yeah, we want love, but since we are rappers, we are pretty much involved with a lot of women at the same time. So it's like, yeah, but we can still have fun at the same time. We're looking for a woman, but let's still have fun while we're still able to. And yeah, pretty much, but still wrap it up at the same time. But I feel like this flow gave me a reminder of Miss Jackson in a way. Mm. Pretty much like it, this is the 2000, I mean, sorry, the 96 version if Miss Jackson came out in regards to the flows. I feel it gave it that type of feel. 
and I feel like that's why if it was probably released as a single it would have been popular but I feel like a video for this could be very detailed especially in the Atlanta feel like weekend like feel in Atlanta definitely would be like that especially as two artists who are underground somewhat getting noticed so I feel like you could definitely have a lot of fun with this and definitely set up a lot of paces in regards to what you're going at and in regards to telling a story as I feel there is some continuation from different songs to different songs on this album right so definitely that's my take on this but if I'm going to grade it fun song all around so I have to definitely say 4, uh, four out of 5 nice um, so actually this is actually like the third uh, single off of the album and single, the third and last single off of this album um, so like you know as you mentioned like Jazzy Bell it is like Jezebel from like the Bible who's I, I think she was also like a whore in the Bible or something yeah um, and then it also is kind of like a play on like a southern bell and um, like a southern bell to me like I ha- however like I imagine it based off of like books and movies and you know that kind of thing um, you know it's like a proper polite lady like the kind of lady that you would probably want to make your wife um so i think that like these kind of ladies are probably not the ladies that you know he's he's wanting to like take home to mom um and yeah and like i think that you know he's also saying that like these women are, are tricking they're trying to trick us and trying to trick like you know other people in like the game and like you know who are successful like them or you know who you know they think they are successful at the very least um, you know, in Big Boy, he he talks about having all these expensive things and like living large a little bit, and then kind of like these girls who are like on him because of that, because and and you know he's kind of saying like they just want to get pregnant by like a rich guy because then they're set for life. You know, they don't have to worry about anything for eighteen years, and you know that's that's kind of I think they're what they're talking about um, at least part of it, and it kind of reminds me of like Kanye's Gold Digger, and so it just made me think of that. Um, so I get this uh, four on five. I thought it was an interesting topic. Um, it's good. Hope these kind of hoes are no good. So yeah, don't mess around. Well, me and you <laughs> oh, are in an elevator. Ooh. <laughs> All right, Brian, how do you feel about this guy? <laughs> uh, so it kind of starts off, and they're they haven't they started off with nothing, and then they've kind of made it at this point, and they're talking about that they've made you know sold over like a million albums. Um, and they still have all these haters and like more haters are showing up just because of who they are and what they're doing. Um, personally, I'm not necessarily like a big fan of this one. Um, I find like the beat like puts me to sleep. Like it's just not like it's just like too slow, too somber. Like it just makes me feel like hypnotic, like I'm falling asleep listening to it or something. Um, and it's good. It's made well. It's got good lyrics, but it's just not something that I would necessarily be like drawn to. For me, I just find it boring and not necessarily like acoustically interesting to listen to. My bad. That's okay. <laughs> well, I actually feel somewhat the same way, even though I'm a fan of old school. <sighs> I know, but still, this song does actually feel like too slow in it. Like, it's one that I like, but it's not one that I would definitely listen to. Like. It's one that if I would shuffle the album, I'd probably skip more often than not mm. because I do feel that it's too much of a downer in regards to songs on the album, in regards to the flow. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely a song I'd probably listen to after work when I'm trying to fade out and stuff and just try to chill out type thing after work, but not a song I would try to listen to if I'm just like 
vibing on a good on a good vibes type thing. Mm -hmm. Not that type of feel, but if I'm gonna grade this song, I'd definitely probably give it a three on five. Alright. Um so the the beat comes in and you get that bass line that is basically the melody of the chorus and I don't know if the first time I liked it I enjoyed it. I don't know if the second time I liked it I enjoyed <laughs> it. But I do know that the more I listened to it, the more I got it and the more I enjoyed it. I don't think it's like this is I don't think this is an intro rap song. This is like an advanced class rap song cuz it's fucking weird and out there. But like Andre seems to already again be going in a little bit into the feeling of being a rapper who's getting exploited by the industry. Just from the beginning, one for the money, yes sir, two for the show. A couple of years ago and you know, was the start of something good where they're like something they started making their music and they're now rising up this elevator and shit, right? But the way he like ends the verse with doing the hole in wall clubs, this shit here must stop, like freeze, we're making that crowd move, but we're not making no G's and that's a no no. So you almost get the sense that as they are rising on their ascent, they have to change shit because they can't be performing all these free shows. They can't be doing the same things that they were previously doing since they're not making money this way. And it's kind of fucked up that in light of their success, in light of how they are bumping people, there's no money being like headed to them, you know? Big boy, I feel like he's kind of coming in. He's a little bit flyer, you know, as he does. And he's also kind of addressing it. So they, we went from the player's ball to ballers because player's ball was a big singer and now they're ballers. Putting the south on the map was like little rock to bang it. Say motherfucked that play and they play and we stay and lay vocals. Local done done it, but the big boys up in the industry. Outcast, yeah, them. They're making big noise. Over a million sold to this. They take it lightly. 96 going to be the year that y'all play. Haters can bite me. I'm out this bitch. And that's interesting because it seems like people didn't think they were going to make it. People didn't think outcast. Grammy award winning outcast <laughs> wasn't going to make it because of how weird and different they are. That's why the name was Outcast because they want to show that Absolutely. they set the bar out for a bunch of people like be different, be yourself. And, yeah. and if you look at that chorus, it's 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 inclusive, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not like it's it's worth you. your mama and your cousin too, rolling down the strip on Vogue's, coming up slamming Cadillac doves, unapologetically. That's how we are. I love it, you know. And then you know, Big Boy is another kind of a uh, verse where he just sets up a little bit how he looks at shit but i really like where he's like and where i live at them rats know mama i want to sing but mama i want a trick but mama i'm sucking dick now we're moving on up in the world like elevators me and the crew we pimps like 82 me and you like tony tony tone i don't know who that is like this no, no, East that's Point. actually a group uh, do you remember uh lucy pearl Oh, well, they actually, one of the singers, it was actually a mix, a super group of rap and uh, of hip-hop, okay. and one of the members was from Tony Tony Tony. Fair. So it feels like they're really just rising up, you know, and that's really cool. And whereas everyone else has pipe dreams, oh, I want to sing, but really, 10 years later, she's just sucking dick, because that's the real opportunities, unlike them, who somehow made it happen. But then Andre's last verse is one of the most interesting verses. Like, I bet people really highlight and praise this one got stopped at the mall the other day heard a call from the other way that i was coming from some was saying something talking about smoke something hey man you remember me from school no not really <laughs> so look at that 
all of a sudden some no-name guy wants to come over and get some kind of free yo let me smoke something let me have a little thing we're homies from school from back in the day but he's smiling like an idiot because he's fucking starstruck and he's asking him like what kind of car you drive i know you paid i know y'all got boku of hoes from all the missions y'all that made and i replied i don't know dog i'm kind of like you going through the same things True, I've got more fans than the average man, but not enough loot to last me to the end of the week. I live by the beat, and you live check to check. If I don't move your feet, then I don't eat, so like we neck to neck. You're like, damn. Like, it's kind of a depressing thing. Yeah. The guys creating this level of all, like amazingness are stuck being honest. Like, they're being honest. How many rappers just lie about wealth? Not outcast. Anyway, I thought this was a very powerful song. It is definitely not one of my favorites on the album. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But that is a preference thing, just in terms of the sound. On the other hand, I do think it grew on me the more I listened to it. And I bet that it could be... Co- it, it, it does get stuck. Like, the chorus gets stuck in your head, for sure. I'm, I'm not... I'm going to say that about it. Like, like that it, it does that. Yeah. This is the kind of song where I'll give it a grade and then I'll listen to it a year later, because I've been doing this long enough, <laughs> where I'll feel very much like I was wrong. But I gave it a 4.35 for now. But I do feel like that's going to grow over me over time. Like, even now, I almost feel like it's better than that. But I don't know. I'm torn. I just feel it's a song where if you blink, you might fall asleep. Yeah. I I don't have that. I feel like the more I listen to it, the more I just feel for them. And that's really cool to me. Okay. Well, maybe I haven't heard it as much as you. Maybe that's why. As you said, you didn't feel it the first couple of times. No, I did not. It took some real, like, thinking about this song to really get into it. Um, Anyway... Next one is over the, what is it? What is that? Oh, Woods, right. I think this song, I had an epiphany. Big boy on the gangster side proves something. They know about pimping and hoes because that's who they are. That's his side of it. But like, I think what he's trying to validate is I know all about the pimping situation in Big Boy's verses. And that's important because look at Andre's verse. Everybody want to get signed. Record companies act like pimps, getting paid off what we made when we the ones that fly like blimps. Shit, eh? That's pretty strong. And then it kind of goes on through and etc. But really, the whole verse to me is looking at it from like a lens of if you look at what's actually happening, we're the ones who put in all the work and we're just kind of fucked. You know, in, in a sense, we are not getting what's fair. And you know how I know pimping? big boy on the other side of him and i was like that is how you fucking make a point first you (laughs) prove that y'all know about pimping and then you empirically show how the record company is using the same tactics and fundamentally they are not a fan of being pimped and they got witch doctor on the chorus and it's a bit of like a interesting sound because they don't credit any of the people that they featured on this album mm-hmm. i still haven't figured out the rules on credits why do some people get credited why do some artists not put all the credits different yeah. times yeah. no but even in, not not even because like so we, we review all over it's, the place. it's it's just random, random. even like mo- modern day albums it's just random it's, a, it's like if you're super famous you don't have to actually put fucking features and shit so conceptually i really really like this song because it's really cool sonically okay this one is the first one where i'm like i don't know if i really love it 
it's okay. I enjoyed listening to it. I think auto rhyming is proper. We don't even need to establish Big Boy is magnificent with his enunciation. He's very clear. For the yep. speed he goes at, you can understand every fucking word. And then like he goes on through, but you know, I don't know. I just feel like considering how dope the other vibes were, it was pretty cool. And I did spend about 10 minutes trying to figure out why the fuck the book is called The Postman Rings Twice to try to understand his fucking reference here. And I still don't know why that book is. There's a bo- movie. I think it was Alfred, Hitch- Alfred Hitchcock. It's based so. on a book. So I really looked into this. Okay. So there's multiple movies, but there was a big movie, yes. Mm-hmm. And again, it has nothing to do with the plot. And then I don't understand it, but I mean, in the context of the verse, it sounds like... Maybe someone was like framed or like set up or something and they thought it was the postman and then mm. it wasn't and then somebody got killed. So... I don't know. I mean, Big Boy fucks the girl and then passes around to the friends. And then when they're all done, he's ready for another round. Because the postman always rings twice. It's the verse context of it. So I was trying to find that context in the title of the movie and I just couldn't figure it out. Um, I had a 4.25. I think it's compared to regular songs, exceptional. I think the quality of rhyming is next level. I think the production is excellent. I think anything I don't like about it is preference-based and not actually skill or talent or production-based. It's really just, I don't know if I feel it. You know what? That, that's where I'm left with it. It's a cool song. Yep. Um, and he, so, like, they're kind of, like, naming off, like, some of, like, the poorer areas, like, in uh, in Atlanta um, and kind of, like, mentioning, like, specific, like, housing, like, uh, public housing that was built. Um, and obviously, like, these are kind of, like, the, the hoods or the slums or whatever. Um, and Big Boy smokes a lot and, like, he's not scared of, like you know, hurting you or beating you up if, like, you try to, like, fuck with him or anything. Um, so it's definitely, like, a harder-sounding song that we've heard. Um, and, like, whoever Witch Doctor is, he sounds, like, pretty interesting. I liked his, like, flow. I couldn't tell if it was, like, reggae-esque or if it was, like, African-esque. Like, it sounded kind of, like, mixed together. Um, and I thought the beat was really good, but there was definitely some weird features kind of, like, that were like there throughout the song, um, which I kind of found weird. Um, definitely, like Atlanta is totally wrapped on this song as they do. That's um, what the SWATs is. Yeah. Just the name over the woods. Yeah, exactly. Is that what that is? Well, Atlanta is like known as the woods because it is pretty much the beginning of the oh, south. There we go. There we go. It's good that you're here. Thank you, Mike. Um, And I think that Andre also used to be involved in, um, and I think also Big Boy as well, that they were maybe uh, involved in, like, some criminal activities, and, you know, they had to do what they had to do to survive and get through and do whatever and end up where they are now. So it's sort of like their, we survived this life, but it's still home song um, that we've heard on, like, you know, a few, few, like, albums. Um, So I gave it a four on five. It was good. It was interesting. The first thing I have to say, I give it the same grade as Bonnie because four out of five because I just feel the song is really good. I feel just the the flow, the beats, everything about it, I very very much enjoyed. It's a very much fun song and just a song to vibe to and definitely to rep Atlanta. That's what I feel the song is. It's a huge, huge representation of Atlanta. Hmm. It's a fun thing, vibe to it. Atlanta Atlanta views over the woods. That's what I just feel about it. It's a very much fun song feel like it's definitely represents what the album and what they are representing Good. but also main thing like you said big boy definitely lets it out but don't fuck with him mm-hmm. or you'll get fucked up yourself because <laughs> he knows what's up yep um anyway the next one also has a biblical uh reference to it as we discuss babylon 
Did you hear Andre's verse here? Pure he, lyrics. Pure he, lyrics. He basically implies that he was born addicted to coke in a sense because his yep. mother abused the drug while pregnant. And though he has never done it in his life, it still unfortunately plagues him. And then he flips the tone. And as he feels this way about it, he looks around while the rest of the country bungees off bridges without no snapback. And bitches say they need it to shake their fannies into ass clubs. And you're like, damn. Doing cocaine, in a sense, could be looked at as bungee jumping, a highly exhilarating experience with a slight risk of death. Yep. And that is a slight risk, and say a high one. And uh, that's what it, it kind of is. And then the fact is, people do feel like they need it. And then you just look at this, this verse flows on, you know. They go out on the route, turn each other out, burn each other out, where a bona fide, like me, can't even go back rub, get no back rub these days. Ain't that bleak on my part, and let me hold it down, because else they shut you down when you speak from your heart. Now, that's hard. If you look at that, well, I believe he transitions a bit into the fact that while everyone seems to be coked out and faded and escaping it, he's trying to do some real shit with his lyricisms and they shut down. So they, uh, and then while we ranting and raving about gats, they made them gats. They got some shit that'll blow out our backs from where they at. And I'm like, damn, if you really, really think about it, it's like, it's true. The guns that are in the hood and shit that everyone's complaining about are not yeah. supplied by the people from the hood. Do you, I mean, if you really want to get technical with it, do you, I mean, yes, there are going to be guns that could have been created from the hoods, but I'm pretty sure that most of the Glock 9s and the Smith & Wessons and all these other name brand guns in the hood came from other sources is what I'm trying to point out. Yeah. Meanwhile, there are just bigger and better shit. And that chorus, ooh, I feel the battle's just begun. Though we're here someday, we will be gone. So I'm hoping, wishing, praying to keep my faith in you, in you. I'm just like, wow. And if you think about it, it's like Outkast knew from the beginning that their battle was for social change and that we're going to use their music as a force for good. Honestly, like in the spirit of what I think hip hop is supposed to be. And I thought that was beautiful. And then, I don't know, the second verse, I think it's kind of like women and getting distracted and that kind of a shit and just sex is a temptation also because you know vices and shit leading to babylon the sinful place and shit mm -hmm. um i really liked when he's like and i'll see you on the next song or, or i really like when he's like put your hands in the atmosphere if you know what i'm talking about i do andre now if it too harsh then walk on out all right bonnie i guess we'll talk to you on the next song wow. um uh, and i'll see uh, they call it horny because it's devilish now see we dead wrong holy shit eh have you ever thought about that <laughs> horny maybe because it's a devilish action lust is what he's attacking not wanting to fuck your your, your like wife and shit you know but like yeah. a lust is a problem and then uh big boys versus all right um he's kind of i feel like he's just kind of looking at loss and shit and then it's fine but uh at the last verse or i mean there's a bit of social commentary i'm, just, I'm not trying to downplay it just people criticizing what they rap about and their dark shit you know like crackle canes pimps and horrors living up on this earth before uh, like a daddy was born but they're making it seem that my music and crime are a team i mean they were that is what people still do let alone were so i'm speaking the truth not dreams so what in the fuck they mean my lyrics ain't clean like it's like yeah because life's not fucking clean y'all get y'all fuck shit up and you're mad that we're talking about it 
that that's essentially what I see happening in hip hop regularly. You get real people quoting on real criminal activity that happens, and then a bunch of middle class America being like, "That's not appropriate." <laughs> Fuck yourselves, man. Like that shit bullshit to me. Anyway, song was deep. Song had a powerful hook. Song was just engaging. It, it sucked me in. This is how you do that like slower ended song in my opinion. I give it a four and a half on five. Yep. Yeah, well, me too, at four and a half on five, because I just feel this song is Andre 3000, pure lyrically. <sighs> He's just killing it in regards to lyrics. He goes everywhere. He nails everything. Big Boy, like you said, Big Boy is more on the losses, but Andre is just more about spitting the truth. And for anyone who ever thought that he lacked lyrical skills, listen to this song. Your opinion will be completely changed. Who thinks Andre 3000 People lacks? People who only know them as pop. Even in their pop, Andre's lyrical skills is on point. No, but I'm saying I know some people, but those are some people who are a very vast, uh, very small minority, I guess, in regards to it. I don't think I should talk to them. They wouldn't like me no, much. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't talk to them much anyway, so that's probably why I don't talk to them much, because uh, we have disagreements on that. But I just feel that this song is him p just spitting pure lyrics that anyone who appreciates lyrics and who appreciates music for as it should be appreciated this is a song for them and big boy like i said he's got more in regards to losses into it but i feel it's a good song where you can definitely enjoy so like you hold it four and a half on five great song yeah um so i hated it i don't i don't hate it um this one starts off like you're in like a monastery or something like just like by like the sound of it it's very like you're you're in like like a pensive place kind of um, and, you know, you kind of, yeah, so like you mentioned, Andre's mom did some uh, cocaine while she was pregnant, and then he was basically born, like, addicted, and so he's kind of been dealing with that. Um, and then, you know, he, he says that there's some women that he knows that also do some, like, questionable things to get what they want in life. Um, and he, he also questions who who is the one that, like, who's, like, the one that allows, like, the them, like, all these guns to, like, show up in the hood and to be accessible, and he's kind of like, well, it's, maybe it's the government, or maybe, you know, he's just kind of, like, questioning what's going on, and it's obviously somebody that, you know, or the powerful people that, like, want, like, rid of these people or want them kind of, like, eliminated a little bit, and then it makes them look like it's, like, black-on-black -black crimes and things like that that are happening when really it's kind of, like, put there by, like, probably white people. Um... So I think that was, like, an interesting thing to think about, for sure. Um, I think Andre is, like, having, like, maybe some troubles, like, controlling his, like, lustful desires, and he's not really sure. Uh, Miss Jackson. Yeah. Woo! And he, he tries to be a good Christian boy, and, you know, he definitely tries. Um, and we've got Big Boy, and he talks about, like, his aunt that passed away um, and, like, kind of how he's, like, still grieving her death and, you know, misses her a lot and everything. Um, and like his, his verse is kind of interesting because it was basically talking about, um, like after like the stuff about his aunt, uh, kind of talking about like the effects of like gentrification on like the, the, like the neighborhood. Shit, eh? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even catch that. I didn't either. Yeah. Cause he's talked about like the pinks moving in and like, we're, I'm a pink. Um, and so, you, you know, know yeah. And so it's just kind of about like t like the takeover of them and like how what that means for them and like people just trying to like get rid of them like it's that constant get rid of them feeling you know that they have they have to deal with. 
Um, and so, yeah, it, it's they They both kind of talk about like their shit that's kind of going on in their lives. But they're also kind of questioning their faith and hoping that their faith can get them through these struggles and and like these issues that are going on in their life. And it definitely has like a somber a vibe, but it's there's kind of hope in it at the same time. It's it's sad, but it's hopeful. Um, and it's definitely like the whole album's tone. Yeah. Definitely. Um, some songs more than others, but uh, it's very honest and it's very like you know talking about like serious struggles and like their issues with, with God as well. And it's yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. I gave this a four point two five. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, Bonnie's just wailing on everybody here. <laughs> this song is so interesting to me. So Big Boy comes in and flosses in your typical flossity floss type shape, but with some cool references. Like in the zone, like he's or Soze, always the usual suspects, no check, all I got this game is my respect. That's a pretty cool line, because again, it's like, if you're going to do cultural references, I suppose quote shit most other people aren't going to quote. And there's not that many usual suspect bars we've come across so it stands out in a positive way and so that pride i'd be checking my fucking head scared looking up at your face boy i see dead that's pretty good because if you come up big boy you're gonna get fucked up anyway he goes on through but let's talk about andre because andre's verse is really where i think oh shit it's silo on the hook anyway yeah. andre gets fucking cool i felt the pressure like sun shining while raining at the same time i kept on running not complaining Oof. So he feels some shit going on, but really what he's trying to do with his rhymes is to not put off that negative energy into the world. Storm branding cats and dogs, my catalog be the size of golf balls. Okay. I don't really 100% know if that's like, I guess because it's storming and his brainstorming is like raining cats and dogs ideas is coming ever. I don't, I guess if the raindrops as big as a golf ball, that's a significant thing. I got a little confused there. <laughs> Throw up your Daisy Dukes and hazardous tell you boss hogs. I like the, you know, Dukes of Hazard line, yeah. And Roscoe P. Call, people. Who could boost my locomotive? Okay, okay. But enough of that. Everyone can rap. But let's say gift. Suppose if I use my gift to gap to boast and brag in every rhyme I compose, once y'all get sick of that, because I know I too when I hear those. For those of y'all who know, who been here with me and see me review the Lyrical Miracle Indie guys, you know, I don't like it when rappers like Eminem just consistently rap about themselves and how good they are. As a person who's listened to hip-hop for at least 15 to 20 years. Like, nah, y'all can't. There can be one best, maybe five on a GOAT <laughs> list. Come on, y'all aren't the greatest. Now, the way Big Boy did it is fly. Look, we're going to do it. But the way Andre said, everyone can rap, which is true. Everyone can learn to do this. It's not an impossible thing. But what he's then furthering to say is, instead of being like everyone else, who's just rhyming about how great they are, Come on, look at pop mainstream hip-hop. That is a lot of what it is. He's going to do something different because he knows y'all are going to get sick of it. Flows that ain't hip-hop. Now, I started reading the gospel of hip-hop, and I've been reading some shit, and that makes sense to me. Hip-hop's supposed to be almost an educational, positive-flowing type thing. Yeah, you can report on some dark shit, but the origins of gangster rap wasn't to glorify. It was to educate, right? Mm -hmm. So flows that ain't hip-hop, you find that shit in a gift shop like Bad and Bougie. Cooking a double the Uzi. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. The rhymes is not really hip hop. They're just flossing. You know, that's what it is. It's not having the same point of the spirit of what hip hop's supposed to be, even if it is culture, some kind of culture. But then he goes on, and like, you're not even done. You already have enough shit to talk about for an entire song from Andre's verse. But 
And if you hate my fucking guts, just go ahead and dap me. Because I'm going to dap you anyway. And then go home and pray for your ass later. Because we might need you in this war. I'm wailing on you traitors like that. Because in light of the fact that you might be a snake, Andre recognizes that shit could get so bad that at the end of the day, it's better to hate each other as black men and be united than to actually hate each other. You know, like, it's better to get over ourselves and show a united front for the sake of everybody. And I'm like, damn, Andre's a poet. And I know it. <laughs> I had just another 4.5 on 5. To me, it's another brilliant fucking song lyrically. Tone-wise, it's just really cool to beat nice. And it's short. It's kind of nice to get a little two-minuter in the middle of this. Yep. I mean, I don't really have too, too much else to say about it. Um, I mean, I thought it was a very nice beat. Um, I think that they're definitely showing off their their lyrics and, like, their, their rapping skills here. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was all right. It was short and sweet. I give it a four on five. Yeah, I feel this song was pretty much just them, just pretty much before just writing down together, just saying, let's just spit some fire and let's just put it on in the booth. And let's just have fun with it. Just quick one on. That's why I just feel about it. I give it a four on five. But I just say it's a quick, fun song that they just had some fun with. I just feel this was an artist pick for a song. Yeah. I think Andre can't help it. He has to be <laughs> deep. And I like it. Um, well, let's check out Mainstream. Bonnie's Mainstream. All right, Mike. What do you think of this one? I feel this one was pure an old school song in regards to the feel and everything. This was just a 96 track. I feel it was a fun one. Just pretty much one you could just enjoy and just head bump to type thing. Something just to chill with type thing. Nothing too spectacular, but I actually feel it was a fun song in regards to it. When I mean too spectacular, I mean lyrically. I just feel it was a fun song in regards to everything with it. Still good lyrics, but nothing that blow minds you but still a fun song all around but i give it actually four on five nice you, um, Bonnie? i also gave it a four on five um so it starts off with like water sounds and i'm assuming that's like a stream like the mainstream um and like they're just trying to like make good choices in like their neighborhood and just trying to be better which is like a great thing as always um and they're trying to like stay away from like the drugs and like the violence and everything else that's going on um and i liked how in the in the hook they call they talk about like peaches and cream which makes me think of like you know georgia peaches it just makes me think of the south so i think that that was like another nice kind of like pull to like to like southern lifestyle um and there's like some criticizing of the people who aren't real and you know how they just make like music for like the mainstream and they're just like in it for the money um you know and they're saying like you know we work really hard like we you know but you know they're not in it for the money they're in it for like the artistry of it um i mean the money won't hurt though um and this is like another one that has a, like a kind of like a somber tone to it um and kind of saying that like the people in like the hood will like might like pull you down and might try to like keep you keep you there like and you need to like fly free from like them um it's not necessarily like a song that i would go and like put on but it definitely like has its place so um it was meaningful enough so i gave it a four on five that's fair um i think this song is brilliant so it looks at what is considered to be mainstream in the hood Simultaneously, it looks at what rappers are pressured to be doing to be mainstream rappers. And then simultaneously, it seems to be questioning, like, even just what it means to go mainstream. And I just thought it was beautiful. 
like I don't really know who Timo is yet, but considering we're going to be talking about Goody in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. pretty sure we're going to hear a little more about Timo. But right off the, the, the jump, revolutionary, scary, thought-provoking, spoken, words of a change, but I don't feel, but I see visions for me at 23 making it free in my community. I'm like, right off the jump, it's like, maybe people like to scream revolution as words a lot more than they're willing to do it and it's just like from his point of view he's trying to create a change and he has this vision of something better in his community he's going up for more about actions speak larger than words Mm -hmm. yeah and then it just kind of flows in and and kind of moves into more of the darker side of shit like cocaine dealers take talk uh, walk the wrong side up and their rise looking cleaner than i seen in the last time they were selling dines now it's quarter key stacking g's in the south side you know and then it flows in a little bit more into kind of the killings the block hard to get by dope dealing fatal killings and fed time to writing rhymes it ain't just the police we kill each other just another brother fast living will get you took thinking it can't happen to you and then it do off crooked schemes and it's just a dream floating face down in the mainstream and that's where it kind of takes its trip so by living that mainstream quick money drug dealer life you live a mainstream life until you're literally face down in that mainstream in the water yeah. you know the metaphor is pretty powerful to me um but also yeah just how you said it though it made me realize as well just trying to do that shit and adjust to the mainstream at that time as well that's why i feel the song was is doing as well they're going in the mainstream of things yeah and uh you know andre i feel like again focuses a little bit more on what people are producing and how people are just gonna you know uh, lost dog paddling, backstroking, what done happened by rhyming catch it a day when recipes call for blackened. You know, it seems like they're going to be doing whatever's hot as opposed to what's going to actually be strengthened, you know. Wrong ingredients, maybe too much herbs and spices. Maybe you got hungry for the wrong dish at them greens and it's enticing on how them Jones sings. Oh, that is a complicated and obscure cooking series of references to say <laughs> you got greedy. That's pretty dope. Anyway, it keeps on going until, you know, you end up fucking up your life and now you're face down pursuing a mainstream life. Now, the first lyric on my first listen to of this album that really popped out to me wasn't the elevator's hook. It was, I let you stay in my crib. Now you know where I live. When you was hungry, fed you a hot meal. Look at the hand you deal. I was like, damn, eh? So you help somebody out, and now they know where you live. And now you have to be paranoid that this snake's going to come back and fucking jack your shit. Mm. And I'm like, damn. Flows on from there, same kind of shit. Big Boy, it's the same overall tone of this song. And I, I really enjoyed it. But one of my favorite lines is definitely in the mainstream, home team banging with these hits in the mix, flowing like some motherfucking swordfish. Because it's on point with their noise. And so, <laughs> you're right, Big Boy. You held it down. But no, it's 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 so cool. It's a really this is how you make a song dissing in a sense the mainstream by having a social consciousness attack to it. Like Andre said, if you just rhyme about how you're better than them, like Ritz does, then that's what's gonna happen. You're gonna be boring, not mainstream. Anyway, four point three five. It's sonically a little hard to get into. It's a, it's a little harder to enjoy. But I think the message and the lyrics is like the absolute selling point of this track, in my opinion. And the sound is a little bit harder for me to get into. But that's okay. Because next up, we have a Decatur song. Decatur. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) If there was ever going to be the fly pimping song of this fucking album, it is absolutely this shit. This is excellent. (laughs) Um, The beat is just cool. 
it just feels like I'm wearing a fur coat all of a sudden with a cane <laughs> and a hat. I don't know how it happened, but that's what the beat did to my imagination, all right? And then right off the cool breeze is rhyming. It's just fucking dope. Caught a crib. They say breeze. You ain't know. I say what? Big time got popped in his benzo. I say, damn, man. I'm riding in his Lexus. I'm about to dump this in new dimensions. You know, and then it just kind of imparts to tell this whole story of a situation that got set up. But then I really liked when I heard I heard somebody talking about it at the White House. Man, I thought you said this job was for me and you. I didn't know that Bill Clampett, which is apparently a spin on Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. won some too. You tell us folks, I'm sorry about that, Lexus. I'm about to dip and see my sister up and nah, I can't even tell you where I put my extra player card. I'm like, that shit's blessed. The, the misdirection in the lyrics, the overall feel of it all, getting some politics involved. We're not even halfway through the first, or about halfway through the first verse. Either way, proper. Slow, swagged out lines that I find really appealing because every line packs a punch worth listening to. I think Big Boy follows suit. I really like, I don't know, can you uh, see what I'm hearing? Talking to spirits when I sleep, peep this out real quick, slick. We gets on this beat and speak about that pimp shit and walk with that limp shit, that hemp shit. Looking up at your face to see a coward and a dimwit. Looking to run in my, for my private home, just like you was the folks serving a warrant to a baby daddy who didn't come to court. That's fucking great, man. It's like, oh, I see you. You're jealous of me. You're going to show up like unwanted guests, such as the bailiff coming to tell you about fucking... Anyway, I just I enjoyed this shit. I thought it was really cool. Um, Big Gib is also really fun to listen to. Fortunately, I didn't have as much to quote from him, but he follows suit on the song really well. Unlike the last one, I thought the sound of this was just brilliant. Super enjoyable. Super fun to listen to. And like, it's just the kind of song where when you're already lounged back and you're chilling and it ends, you're like, you know what, I'm going to do it again. Because you're already feeling kind of, it's a lazy sounding song. It's so good for a lazy vibe. Um, 4.75. I really like oh, this wow. one. Yeah, well, lazy vibe, but like you said, definitely pimp feel. I think that's why it had the funky sound to it. Mm. It had that funk beat to it, which is actually what Outkast is actually pretty much known for nowadays. Uh, that's why I feel like this was the beginning of that feel for them. But at the same time, I feel like it was a funky sound with gangster rap lyrics. I feel like it was hard on all levels in regards to lyrical. This one was hard. This is one of the better ones on the album. I say 4.5 on it as well. Let me give this one the really top level. This one's a fun one on the album, I feel. If you appreciate all aspects of in regards to that era, the funky, the rap, the R&B, the everything, this song is definitely going to hit you with every level of that. Yeah. All right. Um, I didn't know I <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, I mean, it starts off with, like, helicopters. Like, there's, like, something, like, like they're searching for someone or whatever is going on. Um, and Breeze, we've got Cool Breeze on here. Um, and he's, like, the wanted man, it seems. And he's trying to, like, lay, lay low. Um, and it seems like they're all just kind of talking about, like, the shady business that they've been involved with. Um, it definitely, like, I agree with the guys. It definitely has, like, a smooth, funky beat to it. Um, I like that it ain't over to, like, the fat girl from Decatur Sings. Uh, so I, I thought that was kind of, like, funny. Like, there's obviously, like, some girl that they're, that they're, that always sings or something. Like, just, like, it makes it feel more, like, personal to them. But I also think it's just playing up, like, on that homage. It ain't over to the fat lady, you know, saying. Yes, like, of course. Bringing like, it home and gangsterizing it. Exa- yeah, exactly. Because they pimps. Pimp and shit. that's what exactly they're they're a pimp shit. 
Um, so, I mean, I gave this a four on five. Um, it's good. It has, like, meaningful stories. Um, but again, like, it, it's a bit slow. It's a bit too slow for me. Maybe I'm not a pimp. I don't know. Um, and it was a bit too, like, slow and somber. That, that's all I have well, to I say. I think you know if you're a pimp. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's okay. Well, let's check out what uh, what's in the new millennium. Uh, 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 uh. How do you how do you do it? How do you make a hook so good, like so good that it's an earworm that it gets stuck in your head? And really, all you do is go. Uh, 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 I think that's uh, why. Uh, I think it's I can't, because I can't, it's so simple. But the rhythm is so hard to actually emulate. That rhythm is tricky. I've been trying for like since I heard it. I can't even hit it right. That like the uh, 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 like how do you fucking like every syllable he's doing it properly. You just beat Andre three thousand. But meanwhile, what's happening in the background of that hook is that planets, and stars, Earth, Jupiter, Mars clothes hose cars it's who you are we're atlians and this is our culture fucking bang on this might be the literal best hook on the album to me i really really love it but bonnie what do you think of this song um so andre is basically singing about like the changing of the times and like what's coming up and like you know things are going to be changing um and he's not really sure where he's going and if he's kind of doing the right thing so i think he's kind of questioning like his path um, which is relatable, and I think that most people can understand that, that, you know, you're never really sure if you're doing the right thing sometimes. Um, and, like, Big Boy is kind of talking about, like, the discrimination um, that black people feel and how they have, like, just, like, the just like such a disadvantage at life. Um, and, you know, that they can't really, they're not really sure how they can get past these moments of, like, confusion and, like, you know, discrimination and everything like that. Um, so it's sad, but it's it's good at the same time. Um, I found I get found this pretty meaningful. Um, and just kind of like follow your own path, like no matter you know, and be who you are and do what you do. So I gave this a four point two five. I found it really interesting, and I, I like the you know acoustics as well. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. I find this was like more like a song for like it should have been a single. I feel mm. in regards to the simplistic nature of the song. This one wasn't into as much as the other ones because of the simplistic nature of it. I feel this one I would definitely give 3.75 since I'm going to rate it on 5, but uh, I think it was a good song, one that could have been played to on the radio back then. It's too it's long. Just, but, yeah, but it's a song that I could feel like I could I listen know, to with my it. girl, though. I could feel it's a song that you can just like jam with your girl to when you're just <laughs> laying down on the couch type thing. Yeah. That's how I feel with it. Song you listen to with your girl, mainstream type, you know, simplistic nature of it that she could actually vibe to as well. Cool. Ah, I, I thought it was longer. It's only three minutes and nine seconds. It just, I guess, the outro really makes it like elongated length, just because it kind of keeps going a bit. But because I, I was trying to skip through it, and I realized how long it was. Like, skipping uh, through. Uh, uh, I don't know. I kind of. So it's another one that really grew on me the more I listened to it. Because at first you're like, what the fuck is that? But then you really like think about it. It's a great melody. I'm like, what words does he need to say? They're aliens. He's speaking in his alien language, and it's translating in the background to those words. If there's a way to look at that, I never even thought That's of that until this very second. That's true. You have to think about the name of the album towards. So that he's too. just speaking yeah. Andre at us, and then he's translating it because his thoughts become melody. Oof. Anyway, I just like right from the jump. Me and everything about me is unstable, like Chernobyl. Again. These are not your average fucking references. Yeah. This is some shit like where you're globally aware of what's going on. Like so many Americans think America is the center of the world. 
Like, did you know that Eminem's revival album only didn't go number one in the USA, but went number one everywhere else in the world as an example of perception versus reality? <laughs> anyway, uh, ready to go at any moment, jumping like a pobo stick. Life never lived up to my expectations, so I accepted patience, expect the worst, but now I'm pacing back and forth inside. I'm melting like water on wicked witches. A monster truck done come and ran over my picket fences. So he's trying to just have his regular ash dreams. And life is so fucked up and unstable. And everything that's happening seems to just be getting in the way. But he's a patient person waiting for that moment when it's going to go his way. And it builds up. And I just feel like, again, it's flowing into that frustrated situation. It's just a phase. It's all gone past. But that gets old too. I'm weakening like a deacon doing dirt. What am I supposed to do? That's an interesting point. Because when you are dealing with some hard shit, at a certain point, it gets impossibly hard. Like, let's say you wake up every day and you're depressed and hungry. How long are you going to be able to live like that before it's too much? You know, before you end up be willing to do the wrong thing. And if you're somebody like Andre who's on a life path of trying to do the right thing, we'll call it, that temptation must be fucking real. Especially if, like, you're like, how the hell am I touring but I can't pay my bills, you yeah. know? And then I think when big boy was like i'm proud of you people for selling your cracking sacks i'm glad i'm white not black shit on the real that's how the mighty's act he's right i've seen it like firsthand seen white honky ass motherfuckers acting exactly like that like literally it's not an exaggeration and it's worth pointing out that every rap album can point this out from nearly every era of history and so if anyone ever wants to go where are the metrics well somebody should do an official study and track numerous track a geolocational lyrical analysis of all hip-hop and look for repeated instances of police brutality and all sorts of other things and i bet the numbers would be so staggering that even white people of the most ignorance couldn't deny the reality i digress um i think the song is brilliant um it's really fun to listen to i give it a 4.5 on five because I mean, that vibe is just, it's just so good. And again, there's meaning. It fits. And it is like something I guess we haven't really said enough is they keep going back to that theme of being Atlians. Like yeah. it is a concept yeah. for the album. The story and they keep it going. Well, let's keep it going with E.T. Extraterrestrial. Okay. What a hook. I'm just saying it's alien out of this world. It's yeah. very good. I'm not trying to be facetious. I mean, <laughs> it's really a powerful hook. It's sung beautifully, and it really does drive home that outcast and who they are. Like, again, doubling down on their core message. But I don't know. How do you feel about this one, Mike? Yeah. Well, I feel this song is definitely pretty much representing the album as well with the name E.T., Extraterrestrial, because they are aliens or atlians, however you want to put it. And they are doing it pretty much. This is just one of just pretty much an alien anthem of them representing what they are and what they're trying to set out. That they are outcasts. They are different. And that this is our anthem. Hear us right now. This is what we're. This is what we have to say. Going with E. T., which is probably one of the most popular movies of that era. Well, I should say of the late eighties. Of all much. time. Of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, in regards to sci-fi and stuff. So just banking on that as well, just to help promote it. I feel this song is definitely a representation of the album and their overall message of what they were trying to set out of being different and it's okay because look how we're doing. Yeah. That's fair. 
And you, Bonnie? Um, so I think that he's kind of ta- he starts out kind of talking. Which he? Um, big boy. Is the big first boy. Time. Mm, I even wrote it down. There you go. Um, <laughs> so the people are killed every day, and he's just kind of saying like, "This is crazy." No, um, man, it kills me. Taking that life is like taking a shit. All right, he says killing is so regular in his community, and your ability to kill is so regular that it's like pooping. Yep, yep. Hit or miss are playing God trying to rob and steal. That's blunt. That's yep. real. Okay, wow. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. It's it's true. And I think that he's just kind of saying, like, it's it's crazy that, like, all of, like, these kids are exposed to this because it only, like, encourages them to also grow up and be, like, criminals and do the same sort of thing. Um, and, like, you know, bad uh, big boy feels is trying to be different and he feels like like an et he feels like an like an alien an atlian he's feeling out of it for not you know necessarily following what everybody else is doing um and andre is weird too because he's trying to do something better and get away positive. from yeah he's trying to like yeah he's trying to do something positive and you know get away from like the negativity and like the the criminal activity and stuff like that that um that like the hood and where they came from is kind of like pulling them back to um, and he's trying to encourage other people to like to kind of like have that feeling and not to fall into that trap and to to do better and to like you know just because all these people are doing it doesn't mean you have to do it as well like you can be better than this um, and I think that that's like a really good positive message um, so it, it is another one that definitely has like a somber tone to it but there's still like a positive message and you can kind of take away something um, from that and you know be smarter and and everything as well but it is kind of like a sad reality that that's kind of you know the majority isn't necessarily following those kind of rules so um, I give this a 4.25 it was very nice I forgot to read it myself but I'm actually have to give it the same reading as you Yeah. it is pretty much sad truth about what goes on but they are actually trying to implicate that hey learn from your mistakes be different yeah for sure so I love it because it's about perspective a little bit it's like it's it's just like at least with andre's verse i love the drilling in that in light of all this dark i'm going to be different i'm going to be that alien but like something that really strikes out and i guess it's not touched a lot on this album is the police brutality thing because it appears on every fucking rap album yeah not literally everyone but, a lot but i would them. say because yeah, it was supposed to be rodney king time yeah no I'm, I'm i have a theory dude it's just in pick general a, pick a rap album Pick a, pick, pick a rapper, pick a city, pick a decade, and tell me you don't find a police brutality track somewhere. Some reference, somewhere on almost every album, literally. I'm not saying all of them, almost all of them. In this case, ain't that a bitch that be in heat? I'm on the beat like cops. I mean, so it's a little line, but it's still there. You know, like it still happens, it still shows up. Only cultivate the stable dirt when I skeet my drops. That's a little bit of a gross one. (laughs) I like you, Andre. You fucking poet, motherfucker. (laughs) That's really fun. I like this one a lot. I gave it a 4.5. The the chorus, the sound. It is in the vein of the main theme of this album, unapologetically them. They are aliens. They know it. They're different, and they're proud to be different. And I love that, especially in an era where it almost seems like that is the mantra of life, even if everyone misses the point. This was actually pre two chains. I'm different. This was the real one. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um, Yeah, so I guess that comes with one more original piece on this project. It is a slash song. 
It is six minutes long. It six, is six minutes, 51 seconds, almost seven minutes long. Is it? Is it that long? Yes. Yeah. So it's 13th floor slash growing old. Come on, Big Rube, speak to us. All right, Bonnie, do you like this song? Um, I mean, it was okay. Um, she I, fucking hated it at first. <laughs> um, it's definitely long. I'll say that. Um, so it starts off with like Big Rube and he's kind of talking and he kind of sounds like a minister or something like that. Um, but he's kind of talking more about like the hood life and, you know, that kind of saying like the same sort of thing that people should be better. Um, and then like after he's kind of done like his speech, uh, the song kind of switches a little bit, um, and it sounds more like bubbles in water or something that's kind of happening in the background. It sounds interesting, and it's a nice, like, piano beat. It's, it is a bit slow, but it's a nice piano. I appreciate that. Um, Andre is just kind of saying, like, why is everybody judging him? I think that's kind of, like, his message. Um, and he's explaining who he is, and um, then we have Big Boy, and he kind of sees the same thing, like, happening in, like, the hood over and over again. Um, and he just wants people to make better choices, uh, but it's not easy. It's not easy to like escape like this kind of um, oppression and like discrimination and things like that. Um, and it's it is just like this like that this song is a bit long for me and somber and it kind of made me want to fall asleep again. Um, but I guess it is like really like it is talking about the times that they were long and they were hard and they were drawn out and it was somber. It was like a difficult time. So I think that this song kind of reflects that in a sense. Um, but it's well made. It was just kind of a bit too like sad for me to listen to. But I know that this is like people's reality in their lives. So I gave it a four on five. I don't know. I feel like there is that essence of we're getting older and things aren't the same now. That comes throughout it. Like you got, they're at a clearly pivotal point in their life. Like there's some... Yeah really like interesting lines like uh, i don't know exactly where it is i'm trying to find out where like andre kind of talks about how we go to perform and then we're like we're done or maybe it's big boy and then we go right back to the house after like we don't we don't go out we're not doing all the same things that were happening or also, maybe it's also just that it's too dangerous for them to do that and then like in a sense maybe that things need to be changing or they're getting kind of tired of it like the southern slang finger waves and mojo chicken wangs they grew up on booty shake we did not know no better thing so go ahead and diss it while real hip hippers listen started by africa pombada so you and your partner gather your thoughts now that is fucking interesting right that's a little shot at the north he's saying you guys might criticize the south i mean pop your pussy all this other shit that they're not happy with but Really and truly, we heard your records, your people. Literally, the the song Booty Shake was just Africa Bambata talking about booty shaking. I mean, it isn't a deep song. And so y'all created this. We heard it, thought it was fucking dope, made more of it, and then y'all are judging us for it because we're Southern, because apparently we're, we're stupid or whatever. And there is that prejudice. Like, let's be real. Northern people talk way faster than Southern people. So in a regular conversation, I'm able to get way more words in. Just because I speak quicker, that doesn't mean you're smarter than me or slower than me or anything like that. It just means in a regular conversation, I'm accustomed to speaking at a much quicker pace than a Southern person who might get like 12 words into what I just said. Because like I've I know some Texans like, hey, y'all. And it's like it really takes that long to get through a fucking word. And I find that like people assume that means stupidity because the speed isn't there, you know? That's something I learned in customer service at least. Um... I don't know, Big Boy does his thing and he flows it on through and it just, again, has this, like, pensive tone to it. Uh, Andres, does, they kind of each have another little verse, but it's really that, like, 
Last part. See autumn leaves must fall down, growing old. Fat titties turn to teardrops as fat ass turns to flap. That is something that, you know, you got to think about, guys, when you're picking a woman specifically for her looks. If it's really about the looks, then you are not in for the long haul. And ladies, if all he cares about is your body, chances are he's not in it for the long haul because that body will fade and then somebody younger than you will be there. Um, Sores that was open eventually turned to scab. Trees bright and yellow turn yellow-brown. Autumn caught them. See, all of them leaves must fall down, growing old. And he just kind of repeats it and it fades out. And I'm like, it's really interesting, right? Because age is something that affects us all and it changes our lives and it changes our priorities. I mean, I'm 31 now. I don't really care about the same things I did 10 years ago. And you know what you don't hear? Growing up's rapping about growing up very often. In fact, you really don't hear it. In fact, you hear 46-year-old nine-figure millionaires whining about how their legacy has been ruined because some YouTubers pointed fun at them. Like, fuck off, man. <laughs> Y'all know who I'm talking about. I'm going to keep going there. Um, anyway, this was brilliant to me. This was a cool last real song on the album. So I gave it a 4.5 on 5. I really enjoyed it. It is very long, but it gives you something for every minute of that longness that is powerful that is emotional and if you think about it as an album closer on this extraterrestrial adventure it is a fitting one yeah. well, that's, well you give it a 3.25 due to the fact <sighs> that the length is really kills what me. kills it because of I feel it is a good song but I feel like the thing is it does go on drag on for too much it takes a good concept but that's what kills it the fact that it just drags it on way too long that's why I don't really have too much to say because everything's been said already by you guys. The message was clear there, but I just felt like it was prolonged. Yeah, That's all right. So I don't know if this was on the original album, the deluxe I, album. I looked it up. It said it was on there. So so let's talk about the elevators, O-N-P organized mix. noise, some productions, productions, 86 mix. So Andre has this crazy verse about a guy who approaches... Okay, we went through all of that. Um, <laughs> I don't have a lot to really say here. Yeah. I like this beat. 
a little bit less than the original one because the sparseness of the beat in the original one I think adds to the aesthetic of the song but when I say a little bit less I mean I gave the first one a 4.35 I'm giving this a 4.25 everything else about the song is consistent but the beat has a lot more happening and to That's me true. I took a little bit away from it but on the other hand I can see how if you were kind of bored with the beat it would completely enhance your experience so I'm kind of neutral I love the video I didn't say it before but I really love the video to this song it's really cool and imaginative and all sorts of weird shits going on and it was, I was actually entertained by a 90s music video that's all I gotta say about this album closer well, I do feel it was a good song uh, originally, and just adding the elevator, I mean, uh, not elevator, just adding the remix to it depends on your mood, how you how you like this song, because it is a different style of beat, and it just depends how you feel, but I like the remix, I feel it was just making a good song, and adding a little twist to it. Fair. I have to give it a nice, I'll give it a 4, and a 4.5. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's got some nice like scratching to it, um, but it, it still has the same boring chorus that made me fall asleep before, and I'm not really sure why they redid this one. Like of all the songs, like why would you this redo this This was like this the one? big single. No, it wasn't. Wasn't this the lead? No. Okay, it was still a single with a better music video. It may have been, but it wasn't the lead one. I don't think so anyways. Um, so I guess you took this song Elevator as elevator music in a way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I gave it another 3.75. It was good. It was almost better than the last one. I almost wanted to give it a 4. Um, you know, I may again if you know we ever do it again. But, um, yeah, I'll leave it a 3.75. Actually, you actually said 4.5. I meant to say 4 on 5. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I was a little bit surprised at how high the uh, grade was. <laughs> but I guess that's about it, everybody. We have now talked about the 15 tracks that make up Outkiss, Outcasts at <laughs> Atlean's. Fuck, hold on. I'm failing here. Um, for, this, for the record, Elevators was the first single. Thank you, Wikipedia. Oh, my bad. Thank you. Uh, secondly, I gave this album a 4.54 on 5. Well, not my favorite album. To me, this is a motherfucking classic. This is some real shit. I mean, what else could... Excellent production of a diverse nature that spans over a particular sound. And it has a consistent sound to it that's distinct, that's fresh. Like, we've listened to a lot of shit from this era. Nothing sounds like that. So that's pretty cool. Amazing. Big Boy and Andre have flows for days, lyrics for days, and the juxtaposition of what they bring to the table from their lifestyles and choices creates a really great balance of content. It's like the song about how the record labels are pimps but we know it because we're pimps too you know like beautiful shit i mean i i don't think this album's gonna age poorly i think it's just gonna be like a real treasure for music it's so fucking interesting yeah, like I, I really like it well it just depends how generations take music because that's the one thing that's gonna really heavily relies on but i feel this album after rated 4.1 it was definitely a fun album old school feel I'm a big fan of old school, so from my point of view, I think this was Outkast's best album. First album I ever got from them was actually Stankonia, but I mean, this was their best one, I feel. And it was just fun all around, different songs, different feels, and I just feel the story got told. Be different, be an alien, it doesn't matter how you feel. That's fair. True, yep. 
Um, I give this a 4.07 on 5, so it does kind of, you know, it does kind of make it into the classic realm. But, um, you know, it's 81%, so it's, you know, a little bit just. It's a real classic. Yeah, but, I mean, like, that's just me. Like, and I know that I may, may not have, like, the same, like, popular opinion as everybody else. Um, but, you know, it's not for lack of wanting to. Um, this is just not necessarily, like, a fun album that, like, I would put on. Like, that's what I'm drawn to. Um, I imagine it would be good if you're high or if you're, like, depressed um, or something like that. I feel like that would be, like, this kind of album for you but i mean people like it so you can't all just be high and depressed so yeah or maybe or maybe you are <laughs> <laughs> everybody that watches behind that suit is stoned and depressed i'm no. kidding <laughs> so yeah i mean that that's it all right thank y'all for watching y'all are the real mvps for being here watching us otherwise what's the point in talking mm -hmm. um thank you for real let us know in the comments though anything you felt along the way i'm certain we said dumb shit i'm certain you wanted to correct it you had those twitching little fingers i would love to hear what you have to say because we're not dumb with outcast so instead of looking dumb the next time we could be smarter because of you mvp who leaves comments that's that's right i'm talking to you <laughs> um I will answer you, like I said at the beginning. I'm seriously legit about that. Check any video. You'll see that almost always there's an answer from me. Uh, special thanks to the patrons. Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prado, Super Old School 1994, Linda Williams, and Carl J. Y'all are fucking dope. They support what we do. They're trying to help us get to the next level, which is amazing because without them, our spirits would not be high. And um, it, it really means the world. Uh, they get to force our hands a little bit with album reviews. So, like, next week's a patron request. The week after is a patron request. And they tell us exactly what the fuck to do. And it's like, we have no choice. It's due. You, you don't really get to argue with them. Um, anyway, uh, on top of that, they get access to content early when we're good with editing. And there's now two Discord servers. There's a public one for you cats who like Discord and for the patrons, a private one. But I feel like the patrons and I are all like, what the fuck do we do with a Discord? But we all have one now. Woot! <laughs> That's what's up. Um, also, uh, just in a self-promo plug, I dropped a project recently. You can check out the links to that in the description below. It's on pretty much everything with the same song names and shit. Uh, even on this channel hell you just go to this channel and uh yeah so i appreciate y'all look forward to seeing y'all the next time have yourselves a wonderful fucking week motherfuckers i also just want to say check me out on sts you can see my reviews with my friend uh, js you'll be able to see some wrestling some mma some music and some movie reviews coming up so sts stands for shoot the shit that's fair forgot about that part too <laughs> thanks have Bye, a great guys. week